you know what time it is and it is that time it is december 2nd it is 5 p.m eastern time 2 p.m how are you doing today buddy 2 p.m pacific time lucky dude i'd love to be in pacific time right i know but here we go guys we got a jam-packed day i got a got a semi-formal gotta go tonight had a great day let's continue powering through this tomorrow we got argentina we got a chance to head to the quarterfinals and knock on wood but it i think netherlands would be more difficult but if we have to play the united states that'll be an easy route but to be honest it's looking like argentina might be playing either brazil france or spain in the world cup final if everything goes correctly but let's go do you think you are but let's go. We got a jam-packed show today. We'll talk about the 10 best college draft prospects right now. We'll talk about the Nuggets, who are low-key surging. We'll talk about Bull Bull and other most improved players. Devin Vassell, who's been an X-Factor. Wizards. And we're going to start today's show off with a bunch of trade news. Not going to spend a lot of time talking on it. Probably two minutes on each one. But how are you doing today, Jackson? I'm good. You good? Why, why, why are you becoming? Why are you sounding like you're submissive? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. So let's get right into. I'm just, you know, just grinding through the day, trying to live through to the next one. So yesterday we talked about this being floated around a little bit, and it was Lakers have internally discussed trade with Bulls for Demar Derozan and Nikola Vucevic. So. I want to hear your opinion. Do you guys or your, you know, anybody if in the comments or just from you, Jackson, obviously I'm asking you, what do you think of this? Do you think this is actually against something that happens? But it's just Bill Simmons floated this week. But supposedly this is something that's actually uh, quite being talked about, according to Zach Lowe of ESPN. Both of those guys are geeks. Bill Simmons does. He offers me actually zero things. Um Sacklow is a little better. I don't – yeah, they can have as many internal conversations as they want. This is the worst trade in NBA history. Once you do the digging, it makes absolutely zero sense for anybody not named the Los Angeles Lakers. It's just like them wanting Bradley Beal. Like, yeah, I want a lot of things in my life too. Like, doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to get them. So I actually have no comment on this. It's I – I told you already that I don't like the deal due to the fact that the defense is, you know, is something that would suffer you bringing in because it would involve Westbrook and two future first round picks. When I think right now Westbrook gives you a nice combination of defense, passing, and scoring. So why give that up? Yes, DeRozan signed for two, you know, a season and a half, but Vooch is an expiring contract. And as, as someone who's an Orlando Magic fan, I've seen Vooch. Yes, he's a great floor spacer. Yes, he can put buckets. Yes, he can rebound. Yes, he can pass. But eh, defense, you know. He's more of a team defender, and if you get him to be fully bought in, he can be, you know, average. He'll never be something you'll lead, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, anchor. So I think there's better deals out there. Anything else you have to say? Like you could give me any deal, and it'll be better. <laughs> so let's move on to right here. They had some – I think – is this the headline you want to talk about? Draymond Green not concerned about contract status? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be either. Do you think it's comment? Did you want to comment on it or like? Do no, I, my position still stands. If if they both want to make it work, they'll make it work. Um, you pay players based on what they're gonna produce, not what they have produced in the past. So, yeah, he wants 
he wants a max contract and the Lakers want DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic for Russell Westbrook. Like, we can't always get what we want. But it's, you try sometimes. You might yeah. get what you need. You can try sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? What song? Yeah. Right. Johnson, we uh, we internally discussed this. <laughs> Do you get it? We internally discussed this. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to figure something out. The issue is some days, like yesterday, there's nobody watching. So yeah. maybe like every Friday at the end we do it or something like that. But Sears so a busy man. This dork's still in college. So I'm almost done. Also, I've been posting our link before the show on everywhere. So if you want to post yeah. the show on yours. Um, yeah, uh, good idea to get the Twitter going. That's probably where we would do all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Rockets believed to be discussing Eric Gordon in a multi-team scenario. And this is the quietest Eric Gordon has ever been on the trade front since, you know, they've blown up the, the Rockets uh, post-James Harden. And Eric Gordon, who signed through the 2023-24 to 24 season, is somebody who's there. And we've talked about that Jay Crowder is a guy still in the market. And we've actually alluded to if there's a big trade going down, we could see Eric Gordon, Jay Crowder be – involved in a deal obviously them not going to the same team but teams moving salaries around and using the houston rockets maybe even the spurs or another team that has a large amount of cap space to move and zach Lowe said on his podcast allegedly it was a three-team deal there was a close deal that involved jay crowder and eric gordon a few weeks back and that's supposedly something to keep an eye on and that makes me wonder, do you think there was a deal involving the Rockets, the Heat, and the Suns where maybe Duncan Robinson was a salary dump and you saw Jay Crowder go to the, the Heat and you saw Eric Gordon go to the Suns and the, the Rockets take on Duncan Robinson with a pick? Um, yeah, I'd like to say no, but... Yeah, I guess that deal was was ready to go, or there was some deal ready to go with Eric Gordon in it. I mean, that's just me doing quick analysis of yeah. what this information said that it was a Jay Crowder, Eric Gordon three team trade. My thought: Heat obviously, and Rockets were there, and the Suns, and you were sending Robinson was the only way that contract would work, and that obviously Suns have been interested to Boyan and every other player. So Eric Gordon to Suns makes so much sense. Jay Crowder to the Heat makes so much sense. Player that could only make that work is Duncan Robinson. Put a pick with it. Seems like that could entice the Rockets. Yeah, I, I'm i ready for whatever happens. I guess I'm ready for Eric to go. It's just ISO after ISO after ISO shot. Anytime he gets a ball, he just chucks that thing up there and – I'm ready. What's what's we, the word on the street? Do is he a good locker room guy? Because it seemed like he I don't used think to so be. at all. I, I don't think he's a good locker room piece at all. His body language is abysmal. And when I look back at it, his body language has kind of always been abysmal. Like he always but he had a like solid season last year. Last yeah, year. we missed our chance to trade him last year. But I, it's hard for me to like even talk Rockets right now because we're just like I get it. We have a lot of talent, but. I, these guys don't know what they're doing. I don't think they know what they're asked to do. I've talked about it. I've ran about it so many times where, like, I want veterans. So, I, you know, Duncan Robinson isn't really a veteran to me. Uh, it seems like we'd have another Garrison Matthews type of player on our roster, which doesn't make too much sense to me. So, I don't think this would happen. Uh, but I guess if it – like, picks don't even entice me anymore with Houston, man. We need um, 
we need veterans to teach and mentor these young cats. So I, you know, I trust Stone until I can't trust him anymore. We'll see. I'm just going with the flow. Yeah, no, I just think at this point they would just want to do it for the pick or whatever. Also, I think it's so funny that Eric Gordon has a brother named Iran. Iran. Yeah, he's he, he played for our uh, summer league. Really? Yeah. All right. So we talked about this yesterday, and you were denying, you were denying, you were denying, but it came out according <laughs> to Yovan Buha, the beat writer of the Lakers for the Athletics. So it is a trusted sort that the Los Angeles Lakers are exploring three different trade options to do. The first option involves trading Russell Westbrook and picks for a star multiple players. That is deemed the most like and most unlikely to happen. The second option featuring a trade with a combination of Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, and picks for a role player to upgrade their rotation. The team is also looking at a third option, which is involving two separate trades, which obviously be Russell Westbrook and a pick, and then a separate trade of Patrick Beverly, Nunn, and a pick for another deal. The team is currently leading towards options two and three rather than the first option as they want, whether they did determine they rather do a small or a big trade to address their need for size and shooting. And they've recently waived Matt Ryan opening up a 14th roster spot. So they have a 14th and 15th roster spot, which they'll be able to sign somebody or they'll be able to take two extra contracts on in any deal that they do. And they are waiting till December 15th to do anything the earliest due to that. The road trip or no, uh, you know, like how, when you sign a contract as a free agent, you have to wait X amount of days to become tradable. December 15th around the league is the first day that a lot of people who either signed extensions, new contracts, like as free agents or whatever, or even rookies are able to be traded. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not a fan of trading Russ. So, I mean, we'll see what they do. I personally think option – I think I agree with option two or three. If you can find a deal for Pat Bev, Kendrick Nunn, and one pick, do it. Now, if you find a deal that you like that it's Patrick Bev, Kendrick Nunn, and a pick, but then you also find a deal that you could just do Russell Westbrook in a pick, and you're thinking, hey, we can bring back like seven players with these two deals, and you think it's going to help, sure. But I'd rather go with option two where you just trade two players. It's $20 million you can trade back. So if you trade Kendrick Nunn and Pat Bev, we were saying $18 million yesterday. Officially, you can take back $20 million with that deal. Yeah. So that means you can get up to you know three guys making like without seven, Russ, without Russ, just tra- without Russ, you can trade Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn in a pick and take back twenty million dollars in salary. That's yeah, like three. I would, I would that's definitely lean to that one. Yeah, you. That's three decent rotational players right there. Yeah. Now the last one. So the Brooklyn Nets have recently touched base with the Atlanta Hawks over John Collins. John Collins is about to miss at least two weeks with a sprained ankle. And from what I've gathered is that it's potentially possible that, you know, we've heard the Jazz have offered Kelly Olenek and Malik Beasley for John Collins. I do not know if a pick is involved. I assume there's have to be at least a pick, but that's me also overvaluing. And I've been told I overvalue John Collins and the Nets. I assume they would have to be offering a package of either Seth Seth Curry or Joe Harris. 
for John Collins unless they'd be willing to trade Nick Claxton. But I don't know if the the Hawks would even want Claxton, but it also have to include other players. So Jazz and Nets are interested in John Collins. Thoughts on that? I know you're not on the same boat with me as John Collins. I think John Collins is a fantastic basketball player who, in if he came in the mid-2000s, he'd be an all-star regularly. It's just his skill set, his skill set isn't being utilized to its fullest potential in Atlanta. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a fourth option. Um, I'd take Jeremy Grant over him in a heartbeat, but I if he were to go to the Nets, man, that would be awesome. I I don't know what Atlanta would really be getting, you know, because if the Jazz are in it too, like. Kelly Olenek and Malik Beasley is a better deal than whatever the Nets can offer, in my mind. Those are – yeah, those are fine. Going to Atlanta? Yeah, Kelly Olenek, Malik Beasley, and a pick for John Collins is what I've yeah, heard. That, yeah, that works out. Um, I think, you know, Joe Harris and Seth Curry aren't – yeah, for well, Atlanta a little bit. It's $24 million, I believe, that you have to get for John Collins. I believe it's like 23.5 he's making. I'll check in a second to, to verify that claim. But he's making this season 23.5, yeah. So $24 million about what you got to do. And looking at the roster, would they trade – like I personally, if I was Atlanta, I would like to do this deal. Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, and semi Patty Mills. For and what? a pick. Send me Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, Patty Mills, and a pick for John Collins. That's it? All I get is John Collins? Yeah. I'm, I'm probably all set. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm – You can have Joe Harris and Royce O'Neal and a pick. Nah, I, I, don't, I don't want that contract for all that. I don't want that second year of that deal. I'd rather have – Take on Claxton because that'll allow me to move on to, from Capella with Onyeka and Claxton being the guy. And Claxton went to Georgia in college. And then Royce O'Neal would help, you know, alleviate the loss of John Collins. And then Patty Mills would give me a backup point guard with Aaron Halve. Yeah, yeah, you can have you can have those. You can have Royce O'Neal. I'll give you Royce O'Neal for pretty much whatever you want at this point. Royce O'Neal's want... been solid. Royce O'Neal's been solid. Man, not really. Why would you want Capella, Okamu, and Klax on the same roster? What does that do for you? That Because that way, potentially, you can move on from Capella, Capella during the deadline and get yourself even more shooting. Or you can try to start getting Okongu to run power forward and you run Klax and Capella at center. And Okongu, you start hoping that he starts taking a bit more threes. Yeah, it's a big gamble, man. I don't know if uh, the issue with trades is teams are, you know, you prep for the whole year essentially, and it's like you kind of would have to learn new things. Also, Okongu lied. He said he was going to start shooting threes this year. I think he's taking like one three. I'm actually really liking Clint recently, so I don't, I don't, I don't really like. It's not a bad trade, but I don't. If I'm so. I don't think Memphis would do that. I mean, they would have to – They would. Get, okay, so if Memphis wanted John Collins, it'd be because they were moving on from Steven Ooh, Adams. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But they wouldn't do it because they'd only trade for – and they also have Santi Aldama, who they really like. So they wouldn't do it because their future in their eyes is Santi Aldama and Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark. And I don't th- see that happening. 
I, I'd like I, it. I think they would do it, but I don't think – I think John Collins fits Memphis perfectly. I just – I don't think that Stephen Adams really holds too much value. It's kind of similarly to a Clint. They're essentially – Stephen Adams, as we saw last year, is unplayable in the playoffs. The so, I, yeah, I know. So, like, the way that – the only way I see this that deal happening is it would have to be, like, Dylan Brooks, Danny Green, Santi Alama, and at least one pick. Because Danny Green's injured, so they could – that would be just for salary filler. Then you'd have to send Dylan Brooks, who's an expiring contract, give them a wing. You have to give up Santi Alama, A, because it would become a log jam with minutes. And Santi Alama could act as one first-round pick because he still has two years plus the qualifying offer and, like, restricted free agency and bird rights. And then an additional unprotected first-round pick. Which I think that's not a bad deal. If you give up for John Collins, Dylan Brooks – Danny Green, two expiring contracts. Santi Alama, which gives you a power forward who fits what they the the Hawks want to do: space the floor, pass the ball, play defense, and another first round pick. Honestly, not a bad because then they could go Jaron Jaron Jackson, John Collins. But who's playing the three? Zaire Williams, Desmond Bain, John Conchar. Um, they have also Jake Laravia if they wanted to go small. They also have. I mean, they have a few options that they can go right there. It's not like do or yeah, not. I think, I think the way Memphis, I agree with you, Double J. I think the way – it depends on how they view their team because I wouldn't – That's a win-now move. Well, yeah, but win-now, Dylan Brooks is perfectly fine for me. No, nah, Dylan, Bro- Dylan Brooks right now is the second uh, second worst defender, I believe, in the league and the second least efficient shooter in the league right now. What? Yeah, Dylan Brooks is like shooting forty percent from the field, thirty-three from three, and averaging so. Like Dylan Brooks is like a notorious inefficient, like kind of turnover prone. Like, like yeah, like he's a fun bully ball, good morale guy, but he's like not efficient whatsoever. Yeah, I remember him in uh when he was at Oregon. I loved Dylan Brooks. Like I yeah. love that guy. Like for a guy who's not a passer, he averages like two turnovers a game. You know, like. He turns the ball. He's kind of – he's a little bit sloppy. Six. But, yeah, I get the inefficiency. It's never like he's been a crazy three-point shooter. No, nah, like D- Dylan Brooks is a good player. Like on a championship team, I want Dylan Brooks coming off the bench playing like 24 minutes and just telling green light, you know. But – and he gets the troops going, but you, why do you think they keep bringing in, you know, Zaire Williams, Desmond Bain? These are all guys that they were used to hoping, you know, to replace D- Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Zaire's – Zaire's a pretty – he's an interesting, enticing player. For, All right. He's very young, though. So let's move on to a little thing I, I saw on The Athletic, and that is about draft prospects. And I just thought we'll run through this one. It's really – you because I know you watch a little bit of college basketball. and serial college basketball. I thought you, you pay attention a little bit. I haven't watched a single college basketball game. All right. So this is out, came out by John Hollinger, and it's 10 returning NCAA players who caught his eye for the NBA draft. I'll probably actually be making a video on this very soon. And the first one is Chris Murray, who's actually the twin brother of <laughs> Keegan Murray. And he didn't play much last year, but this year he's playing and he's basically doing everything the same thing that Keegan Murray did, except that he's left-handed. And, oh, let's go. Uh, yeah, and he has the same natural scoring instinct, soft touch, looks like Tobias Harris, looking like a pro caliber forward. 
Yes, he's 23 years old, so that might keep him from going the, in the lottery, but he's definitely somebody to be keeping an eye out for who could be an impact, instant impact player for a team that drafts in the 20s. Now, for Terrence Shannon, a guy, if you guys remember him from Texas Tech, back, I believe he was on that team that made it to the NCAA finals and lost to no won it won it right no they lost they lost to virginia and he's now on the illinois what is fighting illy and illinois illy <laughs> the fighting line uh, yeah illy, the fighting illy <laughs> all right so you wasn't part of the team that he was his first season was the year the covid season so he was the year after they went to the champ. So I think Terrence Shannon's a guy who looks like a really good wing. At the very least, I think he could be a wing slimmer to Troy Brown Jr. And he's got to definitely keep your eyes out for Reese Beckman. He's on Virginia. I haven't seen much of him, but I've heard he's a really good defender. I've seen a little bit of tape on him. He's a guy who just puts the hand in the you know the chest cavity. And so far, he's supposedly making 19 of 22 free throws, 8 of 14 from threes. He's showing that he can shoot and – that he could be a three and D guy, maybe along the lines of like a Pat Bev in the NBA. Is he, is he Killian Hayes who can shoot? <laughs> yeah, Killian Hayes can shoot. I made a video on that last night. Colby Jones was a guy I made last year. He was the do everything guy who you could either play the one, the two, the three, and it was all a question about his shooting. And so far this year, he's made 19 to 14 threes, 25 to 29 free throws after being 29% from three and 68% from the line last year. So if this guy, he could be a older nice multi-positional player similar to you know a poor man's maybe josh giddy i just and, learned xavier's in ohio really <laughs> and and then the other one what's the what's the one in indiana it's um Valparaiso? butler butler's in indiana oh yeah butler butler's dope yeah uh joe josiah josiah jordan james He's on Tennessee. He's a guy who I saw him against KU. Dude, this guy's physically the entire package, and he's seeming like another guy, similar vein to the Troy Brown Jr. line of thinking, you know, multi-positional defender, a guy who can hit three ball, and just a good role player that I could see going in the teens or 20s. Then Terquavian Smith, you remember, and he was a guy. He would have been a first-round pick if he came out last year, and – He's a guy similar play style, you know, to it, Tyrese Maxey. I would say is if anybody's in the in the NBA and guys it, per hundred possession, he takes fifteen three pointers. The guy's a fucking three point bomb. So and he's showing that he has the disruptability to you know play some good defense. And I think he's a guy that could could be a good player in the NBA. Definitely a first round pick. Then Jalen Wilson. I'm not a huge fan of Jalen Wilson. I think he's a second-round pick. He would have been a second-round pick. So far this year, he's hitting his threes and stuff. He's still a weak ball handler. I think Jalen Wilson, in my opinion, is a Tory Craig, which is fine. It's a role player. He'll probably go at the end of the first round if the K Kansas Jayhawks go deep. My KU team, in my opinion, is nowhere near as good as the team last year. 100%. So, And I just don't think that we'll make the NCAA tournament. We'll probably win the Big 12 championship, but – we might be a team that makes it to the Elite Eight and, you know. If, but, you need, if you need rough help to beat Southern Utah, it might, might be a early exit for you guys. Shut up. And then there's Ricky Council, the fourth on Arkansas, a guy transferred from Wichita State. He led 
you know, Wichita State for the past year. Dude, and then over here, he's – He's over here playing alongside Anthony Black and Nick Smith Jr. And he's a pretty good shooter, you know, shooter. And there's a lot of shot creation. I think he's fun. He's a guy who kind of reminds me, you know, Austin Reeves when he left Wichita State to go to Oklahoma. Dude, Wichita State is so cool. I one time I was in Mexico and they had a, a tournament at our resort and Wichita State was there, and like I remember, like being at the breakfast buffet one day, and there was like Wichita State players like all around me. I was so young. What up, CD? Yeah, no, dude. Uh, Wichita State's cool. They got a nice facility, surprisingly, for a small like school in the middle of Wichita, Kansas. Coleman Hawks, another Illinois guy, six ten junior. He looks like a guy who could be like similar to a poor man three and D, like Jabari Smith. Like, check this guy out. A little clip. Oh, I'm watching the white. Number 33. Yeah. I think he's a guy who could be like similarly like a, a poor man's. Like he's like he's got some like sometimes he'll have like the like in the sense that sometimes he look he kind of like reminds me he's not as lanky as like Jabari. But here that shot right there. That's what he reminded me is like the six ten, yeah. But he's he moves different and he's more of an interior player. But when he take he has that similar launch pad right here. This is the clip I I, I thought remind me of Jabari Smith when he gets to the his shot in the the corner right here. This is the clip that I like right here. Just how that very high arcing shot where you're able to shoot over anyone. Where the fuck is this clip right here? Passes it out, and then is this the one where he goes out? Jesus fucking Christ. All right, the, one of these clips in the yeah. earlier. Yeah. Right. You, you know what I was saying. He had one of those clips, but we're done. We're done with this. Let's over move over to oh, the Denver cool. Nuggets. Whew. Oh, wow. Denver. We actually are talking Nuggies. The best team in basketball. I saw a YouTube video. Someone titled their video that. Really? Mm-hmm. I stick away from watching other people's NBA videos. Yeah, I didn't click on it. I like getting inspiration for titles, and I just – I actually don't know why, so I don't watch too many Nugget content on YouTube. I try to make a lot of – I have a lot of Nugget content. And yeah, been- nugget, making Nugget content is awesome, but I don't – I just mean I don't watch too much. All right, so we got Denver Nuggets right here, and they've been playing a lot better over the last few games, okay? I think this is a team that quietly has just been getting better and better. It's also Jamal Murray, and people are going to be like, well, Nikolai Jokic's numbers are down from 27 to 22 points per game. Well, yeah, because he's got his two best scorers next to him back, so he's got to share the ball. He spent the last two years carrying the team on his back, and – I want to say right now, I asked Jamal Murray's scoring 18 points a night so far for the season. But over the last games, you can tell he's starting to get his legs back under him over the last seven games to be exact. 39.5% from three, 45 from the field, 21 points for a night. Okay, steal, six assists, and four rebounds. He's getting those C legs back underneath him. And then you got yourself 16 and a half from Michael Porter Jr., 16 from Eric Gordon, 15 from Bones Highland, 11 from Bruce Brown. Oh, baby, this team's getting better. And also, over the last six games, 
It, yes, Michael Porter Jr.'s numbers have gone down, but it was also because he's like having a heel injury. What do you think of these Denver Nuggets who are currently, I believe, 14 and 7 first in the Northwest and creeping towards the top of the Western Conference? Yeah, very fun team to watch. I mean, we were we were high on Bruce Brown, uh, KCP, great additions. DeAndre Jordans looked awesome. It was fun watching them the last couple of nights because they played my Rockets and just embarrassed us in every facet of, of basketball. You know my thoughts. I, I It seems like Boris is a Nugget fan, so I don't even really want to get into it. But, um, you know, DJ has looked – I mean, his career is – resurging right now their defense is not quite good and um we'll see man because if they play golden state in anywhere in the playoffs they are going to completely completely go at nikola so we'll see any team actually will i think the whole thing with this team okay first off I still think I think DeAndre Jordan hasn't been great. Okay, he he had a couple good games to start the year, but I think DeAndre Jordan kind of has fallen off again. But this is a team that I think just watching them, they have talent, they have skills. Okay, just looking at the PER, I mean DeAndre Jordan is posting a league average, but from Bruce Brown, Michael Porter Jr., Bones Highland, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic, they're playing fantastic. They're getting actually solid minutes from Black Coach Hanchar at points. Contavious Caldwell-Pope has, I wouldn't say been a disappointment, but I think they were expecting a bit more from Contavious Caldwell-Pope this year. A guy's averaging 11 points tonight. Yes, he's averaging a steal and a half, but he's been a bit quieter than he thought. But again, he's also been regressed to like the fifth scoring role compared to That's last That's what he is. Year. I know, but last year with the, with, you know, the, even with, Dog shit, desperate Washington Wizards. He was averaging like 13. All right, but yeah, no, you're right. Yes, he's shooting 50%. All right, I'm saying I, 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 let me rephrase it. He hasn't been a disappointment because he's scoring more than he did with the Lakers when he won a championship. I, I just thought Contavious Cowboy Pope would have been, you know, what, you know, Bones Highland is scoring or Aaron Gordon. I thought. I, like, no, no, I thought he was going to be the fourth option, to, to be honest. I didn't think he was going to be, like, the fifth or sixth option, which is good. Like, that shows how deep they are, that he, you know, Bruce Brown, his slashing ability is getting him so many points. You got Bones Highland, who's coming off being their sixth man, and he took the jump because they kept that Schmeth just in case that Bones Highland didn't take the jump. Aaron Gordon's playing some of the best basketball of his career. Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are back. That's awesome. And then you also got Jeff Green coming in for like 20 minutes a night, giving you eight mm-hmm. points. And you got Flacco Chanchar with solid minutes. I personally think Zeke Nanji should replace DeAndre Jordan in there. And it's crazy that still Christian Brown, this team is so deep that Christian Brown, who's been solid in the minutes that he's played, had, doesn't even get many, you know, barely gets 13 minutes a night. And Devon Reed, who's even a solid player for them last year, who was fantastic and a great find for them, is barely getting in minutes. And I just... I think the Denver Nuggets are one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Yeah, I don't like that KCP slander. You're playing no. with Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. So, Jay, Jay Johnson, they do have that guy. It's Nikola Jokic. But I think what you're saying is, can we trust Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. for when in the playoffs teams are double-teaming and blitzing Jokic and forcing – his teammates to pick up the the slack because he's being basically blitzed all game. 
We haven't seen we haven't seen that yet, and I think that's we saw we did see it in the bubble. We did see in the bubble, and Anthony Davis and LeBron were just too much. So you're right, you're right. We have seen it before, but we haven't seen it since. So it's at this point: can they refine that chemistry? Can they become that team again? And people forget that Jamal Murray didn't play for 530 something days. Okay. Michael Porter Jr. is coming back from back surgery. And we saw what back surgery did to Brooke Lopez and how much it helped him. Okay, it's a it's a grueling process. These are injuries. It's not like 2K where you see when that timeline is good, they're ready to go that day. Okay, no, there's a mental, there's a physical, there's chemistry, there's emotions at play that takes the guys to gel. And I think this is the start of a team that could become a well-oiled machine because at all three levels, they got the defense, they got the slashes, they got the transition offense. And they don't have the defense. That's my issue. I think they, they have probably the de- have enough actually, but barely. We'll I, see, man. I think the defense they're still figuring it out. Okay. And yeah, my issue is my issue is interior defense. Yeah, and I but the thing is is playoff basketball interior defense has not been what was needed. It's been this team is built for the playoffs. Regular season, yes. And you're also you saying interior defense is a shot at Nikola Jokic, who's yeah, a better, who's a better defender than people give him credit for. I'm not saying he's good, but you know, well, I disagree with that. But I will take and you saw that you thought this was so crazy. You probably still do. I will take a healthy Anthony Davis over a healthy Nikola Jokic any day of the week. And that's I'm not trying to diss Jokic. It's just. Once we get into the playoffs, man, I'll send you I'll send you game tape from Golden State, and I will force your eyes to watch it. Otherwise, a computer virus will infect your. But the thing is, is I'm telling you, with, in the playoffs, years. in the playoffs, okay, you'll have the defense. You have Jokic. They didn't last year. Shut up. You but this year they'll be healthy, and you'll have Porter and Aaron Gordon. Oh, great! I have Michael Porter Jr. to play defense. <laughs> oh, yes, but if you get him in the right, Michael Porter Jr. is a great shot blocker Aaron Gordon's a guy who can play inside you got Porter at small forward who's massive you got Aaron Gordon at power forward you got Jokic at center who's a better defender than people think then you got yourself out on the perimeter either Contavious Caldwell Pope and or Bruce Brown the two great defenders and then you got yourself Jamal Murray who when he tries he's all right or you can even run Contavious Caldwell Pope Bruce Brown Nikola, Nikola Jokic Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon or you could just take out Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and you can run yeah, listen to this. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Bruce Brown, Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, and then the last piece right there, Bo on top, either Jeff Green if you wanted to because Jeff Green can you know play defense, or you can run yourself. Obviously, you would never do that, either Christian Brown or Devon Reed in there because those are two good defenders. You can go – they have lineups where they can go all defense. Okay, yeah, but then Nikola Jokic is out. I guess uh, I just think no. You could do all defense lineups with Jokic as the center and take out Murray and Porter. But you know who would pick that team apart? And I hate this team. The Phoenix Suns would pick them apart. Chris Paul would. Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton would pick them apart. I agree, but I think they have the guys to shut down Chris Paul, Mikael Bridges, and and Devin Booker with. With Bruce Brown, Contavious, Caldwell Pope, and Aaron Gordon, and then you have Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Porter for scoring. Shout out to all eleven people watching, like and subscribe, boys. But I, I do think this is this is a deep ass Nuggets team. Yeah, I know you're. I agree. The biggest the biggest concern is interior defense and rebounding. 
Like this team, I mean, on paper, they're a good rebounding team. They got Jokic averaging 10. You got Gordon, Jordan, and Porter averaging six and Bruce averaging five and four. But once you play some teams with, you know, physical boys, like DeAndre Aiden, when he's in his mind, that's a guy who's averaging. Like, yeah. I, I understand that concern. Yes. This, the physicality and size. Now, let's move on to most. Do you have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, just on paper, they're one of the deepest teams in the entire league. We'll see. I'm excited for the playoffs, and it's not even Christmas, so it's always fun. I agree. I agree. So I think right now there's a player in the NBA that people have been shocked by, and arguably he's low-key dark horse for most improved player of the year. I, I think you would agree. And he's somebody that we both said that he had washed out, that he wasn't, you know, necessarily because I going to the University of Kansas, I knew a bunch of people went to Bishop Maez or Miage, which is a private school that he supposedly went for like six months. And then allegedly he left. But a lot of people who went there say he was kicked out because he never did his schoolwork. And he was found ineligible to play and stuff like that, a whole mess. And they just said he was kind of like just cocky, like entitled, you know. And so that led me to believe that maybe the reason why he wasn't having success early on was he wasn't humbled or modest and he wasn't putting in the work. But it really just seemed like now and also with the Nuggets, they could only play him at center if they're playing his own defense. While now with the Orlando Magic, he's being implored more as a wing and being used out in the perimeter. And he is a shot-blocking menace. He comes in, shoots over anybody. I know sometimes it isn't pretty. It's not pretty all the time, but God, does the kid have a motor on him. What's your thoughts on Bull Bull so far this season? I'm very happy he's doing what he's doing. I noticed it right away. I picked him up in fantasy. He's been just awesome. He might be a fantasy most improved. I, I don't think he's in the – or he's definitely in the race for most improved, but I think – He's a mention. He's a mention. He's yeah, not yeah, yeah. There will be nights up, like Joshua? Night, you know, where it's just nothing crazy, and you know, you got guys like Shea going off, Lori going off. Like Shea's gonna win a quarter into the season, so there's still time. And just that's the one knock with Bobo is consistency, and for the most part, he's been so consistent for like almost the entire season. It's just yeah, there's guys like Shea doing it, you know, MVP numbers. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm like so as- happy Orlando's got him, man. It's it's awesome. Yeah, he was I'm a throw. Got another run. So for me, it was I forgot who was the guy that the crap. I'm trying to remember the trade. Who was he with? It was the trade that Bull Bull was traded with a guy from the Denver Nuggets. And when the trade originally happened, he was traded from the Celtics with this guy. I'm literally blanking on his name. And he was traded with PJ Dozier. And I originally thought PJ Dozier when they traded him to the Celtics and then they traded him from the Celtics to the Nuggets. And I believe not, not yet. from the Celtics, he was traded to the from the Nuggets, he was traded to the Celtics. And then from the Celtics, he was traded to the Magic with Bull Bull. And I thought the Magic really just wanted PJ Dozier because PJ was out with the torn ACL while Bull Bull was out with an injury as well. And I thought that just meant, oh, they'd rather have Dozier because Bull Bull was just going to be a part of a logjam. And then they re-signed Bull Bull. And I was like, all right. And it's been become a, quite a revelation, if I had to say so myself. It's been like really just fantastic seeing the seven foot two, like Wonderkin, be used in first team minutes as a low key most improved candidate. The guy is using being used in big skill ball lineups, and he's shown this great aptitude in perimeter shooting and ball handling. 
And it's crazy to think about how well he's been playing for a guy who only had 328 minutes played before this season in his first three years. And I just think he's a guy that we signed, thankfully, I believe, to a multi-year deal. And it has looked rather impressive. And it's been super fun to see. And so far on the season, he's averaging 13 points and iron, 60% from the field, eight rebounds. Like this is, he's putting up stats that we thought Bull Bull was going to be at least having after we gave him money. Shooting 41% from three on two attempts a night, you know, blocking two blocks a night, okay? And only having one and a half fouls a game. Isn't that crazy? His rookie season, when he played only 12 minutes a night, he averaged 1.6 fouls. And now he's playing 27 minutes a night and averaging less fouls. Like, that's how much he's grown. Yeah, Orlando's got a really nice, interesting lineup with him out there just in general. I think um, I was never quite sold on uh, Mobamba. I That's kind of looking like a not swinging a miss. I don't know if that's the right word, but very happy for Bull Bull and – you know, Orlando's looking up. I think Orlando's going to end the season really strongly. Cole Anthony's back. Markel Fultz looked great in his return. And um, it's just the start, man. Muted. It's definitely something that's been really fun to see. And it's just you, I, I never understood people who, who, like, cast doubt on people. And I just think it's fun. And while we're talking about – another uh, most improved i think there's another guy that people haven't been talking about and he's another guy who won't win most improved but i think he's held i mean that that's a great great guess on who i was going to bring up but i was going to say it's because oh. he's on a bad team and people aren't talking about but this guy has been one of every single season he's gotten and like he's been getting better and that is devin to sell oh he said it earlier i don't even yeah. Yeah, and Devin Vassell, I think every single season, he's quietly been getting better, and Florida State just knows, and he's just been getting better every single season. And I think that's just a part of their success due to the fact that Devin Vassell, like they're not having a lot of success, but the success early on was Devin Vassell, how he was playing, and you can really tell that they got two franchise cornerstones, at least on this team, in Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. And, like, let me read you a little stat that I found really, really interesting about Devin Vassell. And I don't know if you're on the same boat as me, but I think his 3 and D ability is something that's interesting. Vassell made 34% of his 2.4 attempted threes per game as a rookie. That's all right. That bumped up to 36.1% on 5.4 attempts in his second season. Pretty good. Better accuracy while, you know, doubling the volume and trending up. Now, his third season leap has gone even better. He's now in elite territory. Guys taking 7.2 threes a game at 42.3% make. That equals 52 makes in 17 games. That's ranked 20th best in the NBA. This is a huge development because he's one of the best, you know, like best 3 and D guys, up and coming 3 and D guys in the league, I think. What is your thoughts on Devin Vassell? Are you in the same boat with me or no? I'm a big Vassell guy. I talked about him a lot last year. We've talked a lot about him in the offseason, and Spurs fans were, are very big on him as well, and for good reason. I think it's it's cool that Keldon and Vassell kind of have free reign right now. I mean, if you remember that playing game against uh, New Orleans, he was the best player. Like, I, it really, actually really wasn't even close. It's a horrible game from San Antonio, but like Devin Vassell was by far the Spurs' best player in that game, and DeJounte Murray was still on the team. So – I think that game might have been an indicator for him. Like, all right, yeah, I think we got, 
a handful of guys we really like long term. Let's, um, you know, maybe tank's the wrong word, but let's, you know, have a season where we continue to evaluate. We give the keys to Keldon. We give the keys to Vassell, throw them out there with Trey, you know, at the time, Primo. So I'm very, very big on Devin Vassell. I love Florida State sports, actually. So are you a Seminoles fan? No. When I live, when I was lived in Florida, I was a Hurricanes fan because everyone at where I live was either a Seminoles or a Gators fan. Chomp, chomp. But I, I hate thought, Gators fans, not or not hate. I don't like uh, Florida now that I live here because Nick's a big Gator guy. The Swamp. Yeah, which it was really cool. No, I think I, I'm. I think the U's better. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But you know, I think. Season. Yeah, I think Devin Vassell has been awesome. It's been really fun to watch, and it's, it's really been a revelation to see them play. So let's move on to the next thing, and that is we'll talk about a team that, first off, have you seen Jordan Goodwin, who's been filling in for DeLon Wright, like, crazy well? And it's actually been, like, really fun to watch. But really, no, this is a Washington Wizards squad that's it's interesting. It's interesting because some nights they look good. Like, they look really solid. And then other nights, you kind of – you're left wondering, is this – is this a team is this that's – <laughs> What? Is this it? Yeah. That's, like, legit – like, sometimes I watch this, I'm like, holy crap, Christoph Porzingis, Bradley Beal, and Kyle Kuzma. That's, that's, a, that's a good big three. Like, you got – potentially three all-stars right there and Monte Morris looks great. Then you got a good rotation, you know, Denny Avdia, Corey Kesper, Daniel Gatford, DeLon Wright's hurt now, but Will Barn and Jordan Goodwin. But other times you're just like, bro, guys, why are you guys shitting the better forgetting how to play like team basketball? And I don't know. And I, I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of Wes Unseld. I've, I've hoped nothing but good for him. And, I don't know, man. What What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Washington Wizards? This is a team that right now is in the NBA standings. They stand. 11. Give me what? Aren't they? Oh, they're eleven, eleven. They're eleven, eleven, but they're ninth in standing. So they're a game behind the net, uh, the Nets, and yeah, they're a game and a uh, half a game behind the Nets and Raptors. A game behind the Hawks and Sixers. So they're really in the thick of things, but they're also one game ahead of the Knicks and the Heat and a game and a half ahead of the Bulls. So they're really in the thick of things, looking like either they could be the sixth seed or they could be a play-in team. And that's the that's the, the big thing. That's what they look like. They look like a team that's either going to be a fifth or sixth team on some nights, and then other nights they're like, oh, shit, are you guys about to be the tenth seed? Yeah, I don't – I think they're closer to missing the plan than making the top six. I think they'll be in a plan. I really want Bradley Beal to – I just, I've, I've just never seen Bradley Beal like at a big level impact the game with his teammates. I love Kristaps. I love Kuzma. But after those three, there's just a big drop off. And I'll be the first to tell you, man, I don't enjoy watching the Washington Wizards. I'd actually rather watch paint dry. So I think there's just such a huge fall off. Like, I don't think Monty's been that great. He's been he's been a good passer. 
He's been he's been all he's been okay for him. I think Will Barton has been just a real shit the bed player. I think Denny Avida has been a real shit the bed player. No, Denny Avida has been solid. You're just not watching well, this team. Maybe score more than like five a night and shoot more than like what? It's that's not his role 20%. though right now. That's not his well, role. Then, there, he's I a glue know. guy. They're using him I'm as sure like a Royce O'Neal. You're gonna have in the league for much longer. Uh, they need somebody to really take a leap. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do, to be honest with you. Right now, the team on like certain nights, they're not shooting the ball well. And I think right now they're having a hard time of separating themselves from the rest of the pack. And yeah, well, look, the Wizards, I just want to pull up their stats for this season right now. And currently, Kesper is cool. Right now, they have the 22nd best offense and the 15th best defense, 23rd best net rating. And this is a team that. They they win games by their defense, but the big problem is that they their three point shots aren't falling like you we'd hope they would. Okay, that's that's something that obviously isn't the best, and you it's holding the team back a bit with the, the three point percentage right now. At I think on the year we're shooting thirty four percent, which is a little bit below league average. With our best three point shooter being Jordan Goodwin, who's a two way player, then Corey Kesper and. Christoph Porzingis, Monte Morris, but Monte Morris isn't taking enough shots. Bradley Beal shooting at 36, but besides that, Rio Hachimura, Will Barton, Kyle Kuzma, and Denny Abdi and DeLon Wright, guys who should be hitting more threes, aren't hitting their threes. So that that, that is, you know, cause for concerns. But I just think we need us. Yeah. I also think there's like a lot of new players and there's still time for us to get chemistry and some people have missed injury. I think this is a team that also could start to surge. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they're going to go, like I said, more downhill before they go uphill. But I guess the long term doesn't look too great. They got Chris Stops on one of like the most finesse deals of all time that I've seen. I don't, and I genuinely think it's just because Luka Doncic could not play with Chris Stops Porzingis. He just can't have another guy on his team like that. But I hope I'm wrong with that. They really did get Kristoff. Like they were so so lucky that they turned a shit. Like they fucked up with the Spencer Dinwiddie Montrez Harrell deals, and they somehow were able yeah, to flip yeah. that. They were able to flip Spencer Dinwiddie and who else was it? Spencer Bert, Dinwiddie and Dinwiddie. Yeah, Bertans, Bert, yeah, Bert, yeah like Bert, Bertans Dinwiddie in like a second or something. Yeah, they were able to. First, one of the worst contracts in Davis Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie and a second round pick into Christoph Porzingis. I think that's one of the yeah. best best deals I mean, ever. Dinwiddie's like, a good player, but <laughs> I just think that benefited Washington so much. So, like, without that trade ha- having gone through, I don't know what Washington would be doing right now. Oh, they'd be tanking. Bradley Beal wouldn't have resigned. Yeah, I, I look at Washington as one of those teams. I don't think they know what they're doing in the draft. I, t- I said from day one, John Davis sucks at basketball, and it's just coming true as the days progress. And as a Midwesterner, with several family members, alma mater, Wisconsin. Like, I don't want Johnny Davis to be a bust, but I, I don't think he's a good basketball player. So he has not been great. We'll see. <laughs> it's not been I great. I know. I know. It's, it's not been great at all for Johnny Davis. Um, yeah. I, so, yeah, he's, he's still I, I don't know. I think oh, no, I he's not. He's, he's back. He's back playing yeah, five minutes tonight. It's not been great. It hasn't been great. But let's move <laughs> on to something a little bit better, something that we like to play when it's – This game we is need to, uh, treated me nicely recently. 
Really? I don't know. When was the last one I got right? I feel like it was all very oh. Alrighty. You know what time it is. It's that time for that game. We should remix this beat and like put in the lyrics. Like, lay back music. What's up, Vic? And what's up, Josh? Um, what up, Vic? That's, what's up, guys? Uh, Hope you're doing good too, Vic. Interesting ears. Chris, Chris Paul? Nah. Oh. <laughs> I'm waiting for your daily throw in Greg Brown Jr. or the third. Yeah, I know. an hour later. I never do Greg Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that looks like Isaiah Thomas, but it's not. He's not in the league. So. All right, so Al Horford's a good guy. Dude, that guy's got like the wackiest ears on the planet. I was thinking Al Horford for a second. It's not Al Horford. It's in the West. Uh, he's it's lower than six nine, and he's a forward. I think he plays for the Dallas Mavericks. We're the Portland Trailblazers. I don't know who would be on the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, right. That, does, that just looks so much like Al Horford. Chris Paul's younger than 36, and it's not Chris Paul. Who's got, like, elf ears like that? Like Mikhail Bridges? We already got Christian Wood last so, week. Man. We actually didn't get Christian, or did we? Yeah, I think we got him. At, yeah, did we? Yeah, uh, we got the last guess. <laughs> We've never I'll got. Go, I'll go Damian Lillard. Or wait, no, that means he. Yeah, fuck, it's a bad guess. Younger, so he's like thirty-one or thirty, and he's not there. Uh, <laughs> oh. He's on Phoenix Suns. The daily uh Tory Craig or the weekly Tory Craig. It's a good it's not Chris Paul. So no. it I would hate if it actually is Mikhail Bridges. It's not Mikhail Bridges. Not Jacqueline. Isn't Bismack really old? Why do I feel like Bismack's actually kind of young? Let's go Bismack. Bismack's a good guess. That might have been my next guess. Sleepy yeah, young that, was, that, that, that was my, my guess. Bismack was my guess. There. there you go. There you go. I thought he is my, sneaky young. Dude, you didn't, and he's been in the league for like 10 years. Bismack Bianca. for like 20 years. You remember when he had that season with the – he was drafted in 2011, 7th overall. You remember that season? Look at this season in Toronto where – 2011, I was in middle school. Dude, and he played for Charlotte twice. <laughs> look, look at this. <laughs> Toronto, that year where he was like Dikembe Matambo 2.0, 1.4 blocks in 25 minutes a night, grabbing 9.4 rebounds and 6 <laughs> points a night. Guy was a fucking beast. <laughs> Bismack, like, and he was shooting like fifty-eight percent from the field. Bismack was just breathing. Yeah, also, he's a guy who's so valuable. Look at his stats. He went to Charlotte, then he ended up in Toronto, 
And Toronto's like, we're not going to pay you. So Orlando gave him a fat deal. Listen to this. Okay. Fat deal. Orlando was like, okay, here's a four-year $72 million deal after he like had that insane block. And then after oh, once – Was that the year where the salaries flipped? Yeah, when the salaries flipped, yeah. they gave him four years $72 million, And then he spent one year and they were like, uh, how about no? And then they traded him back to Charlotte. So Charlotte let him walk. He played one year in Toronto, one year in Orlando, and then returned. He's been so good for Phoenix. He's been solid. I mean, Jock Landell replaced him. It's a mistake. You're a mistake. Maybe, but I don't think so. All right, you got anything else to say to the lovely people who joined us on today's show? No. Thank you for watching, I guess. If you guys did enjoy today's show, hit that like and subscribe button. Tell a friend, be a friend, and tell a friend if you enjoyed. If you guys didn't enjoy, just forget it ever happened. But that's it for me. Uh, enjoy your weekend, guys. Let's watch some basketball. Busy weekend. I, I forgot feel... to do on weekend. Let's go out. I'm trying to lay off booze. I feel that. So just great content. <laughs> like every fucking day <laughs> I feel that bro <laughs> alright have a good time stay safe and live long and prosper alright alright bye, bye.